Hello, everybody. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by John Hildebrand, the founder of Hilby Homes. John, how are you? Amazing. Honored to be here. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it. Look, we're honored to have you. Um, look, really appreciate you taking the time out. You mentioned to me that you've just started to get some rain over there in Scottsdale, Arizona. Congratulations. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. We're I'll take as much rain as we possibly can right now. <laughs> have you done your rain dance yet, John? Actually, now that you say that, I need to get outside and do the naked rain dance out there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, we won't keep you long and we'll let you get out there and do that naked dance <laughs> as you can. Look, guys, if you're ready to jump off a cliff and start renting out your pad when you go away, or maybe you've stumbled across that real estate deal and you think it's time to take the plunge and you want to become a real estate investor, or maybe you want to learn how to manage vacation rental homes, you should probably be speaking with John. Not only does John know his apples when it comes to building listings, furnishings, and guest management, he's also a top fella, as my friend and John's friend, Mark Simpson, would say. Great, man. Great, great <laughs> intro. <I'm not> <laughs> took me hours to write that. Took me absolutely hours. Look, John, um, tell me, uh, you, you've got a great story in real estate, got a great story in this vacation rental industry that we're in. Tell us, how did you get started? Yeah, I'll, I'll do some cliff notes on, on my story. There's, you know, different versions of it, really. But when we grew up as kids, my parents would move almost every three years. So my dad was in the corporate space and we would move almost three years. So as a young, young kid, we would move and we would always just be curious. And we'd be like, OK, what's what are we looking at the homes? How do we buy the homes? And we just ask questions. Why? Why this home over that home? And it just kind of became like this thing with our family that we did. Every three years, we would all go as a family, look for homes. And it was really, really fun. And real estate was kind of like in my blood at that point. Fast forward a couple of years, um, it really started when I went to college. I went to a, a super small private photography school in Santa Barbara, and they didn't have any dorms. There was no dorms, there's no school, there's no nothing, right? So we had to find our own place to live. Santa Barbara, as some of you guys may know, in California is very expensive. <laughs> so somehow I came up with this great idea to convince my dad that we should buy a small house and rent it to three other college kids. And I lived there at the same time. And that really started sparking the interest more about real estate and trying to understand it. And, uh, and then once we once I graduated college, we ended up selling that place and it paid for all of my tuition. And I, so I was debt free out of college. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. But I never really, you know, it, it, this was like always around real estate, never really thought about it as a business. Fast forward a little bit, I ended up moving to Malibu. My brother ended up, my middle brother ended up going to Pepperdine and we ended up wanting to live together. So again, we came up with some brilliant idea to convince my parents to invest in, a house and I had money left over from the other house and my brother had a little bit of money and we found this deal and we somehow ran the numbers and we bought the house. Funny story with that is that launched my brother's real estate career, which we ended up selling that house like four times. It was nuts. Wow. And it so it's always like been around and I never really thought of real estate as a business or like an investing. It was just like a way to live and make a little money here and there. And just like, it was just a fun thing to do with our family almost kind of thing. 
And then fast forward, I ended up buying a, a condo in Malibu. And that's when I was really pursuing photography pretty much full time at that point. And uh, I was a starving artist, to be totally honest. <laughs> and it was hard <laughs> to survive. So when I would travel for gigs, somebody was like, man, your place sits there empty all the time. I know you don't want a roommate. Why don't you turn to Airbnb? And that was in 2016. I was like, that seems like the weirdest thing on earth. Who would ever rent their house or personal space to a bunch of strangers online? It just seems so weird to me. But I ended up doing it and it ended up paying like all of my bills, all my mortgage, everything when I would leave town. So then I was like, oh, maybe I can leave town more and more and more. And that's kind of how I really started the journey of, of becoming an Airbnb host and short-term rental space, really. Fantastic. I mean, what a journey. Real estate in your blood then. And, you know, that's, uh, that's, that, that's quite rare. Your, your story is quite rare in that respect. So I guess that evolution for you does, does make a lot of sense. Although where you've taken it is you've certainly taken it in a very modern way using Airbnb and other vacation rental sort of mechanisms to get guests in homes for, for shorter amounts of time. And clearly it's, it's allowed you to live the lifestyle that, that, that you want to live. Do you, tell me, do you, um, do you exclusively operate properties that you own or do you also manage properties? Um, I'm just now getting more and more into co-hosting or managing properties. So my career has always been, I re this may sound like snobby, but I love working for myself. I love being my own boss. I don't do very good in the, the standard nine to five jobs, you know, <laughs> never really have. I've always liked just trying to figure things out on my own. Mm -hmm. So co-hosting is tricky because you have a lot of people you got to answer to. You got to answer to the homeowners. You got to answer to, uh, you know, the other investors and whatnot. So it's been a new thing for me in the last year. I've been co-hosting a lot more and I actually really, really enjoy it. I, I enjoy educating the homeowners and the hosts what the potentials are. But then I also feel like I'm really honest and real with people like, hey, we have slow seasons. Your place may or may not rent. It could, it could not. Like you got to run the numbers, really make sure what's the bottom line to break even, you know, factor in my rates. Um, so I, the last, actually the last like two weeks, I signed on like three new properties, which is super exciting. Brilliant. Well, look, and I love how much you um, you share with the community what you're doing, the trial and error of what you're doing. What do you think? Um, what do you wish you'd known when you first started out? Uh, and and so, what mistake would you not have made? You're really good at sharing positive and negative things that happen to you, which is great for other people. But yeah, what's the one thing you wish you'd known? I'm sitting here laughing because it's like. When you start something new and you have no idea what you're doing, you make every mistake in the book. Like <laughs> I've made so many random mistakes, but honestly, I wouldn't trade that for the world because I think back then there wasn't so much sharing. There was very little people talking about short-term rentals and hospitality and that in that time when I was really taking it serious. So all those learning mistakes is what got me where I am today. Right. So I don't think I would change any of it, but man, I've learned some very painful lessons. Like I went with my gut a lot of times when buying homes and trying to fix them up. I never really ran any numbers at all. I was just like, oh, this will probably work. That's probably not the best idea ever. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't use any programs. I didn't use any software. Yeah. Nothing. I was just so basic and just trying to figure it out, which, I wish I would have learned from day one. And then I never really got like 
um, contact information from all my guests, which I sometimes kick myself for. I mean, there's thousands of people I've hosted now at this point, and I have no way of getting hold of anybody. So yeah. that's kind of like a learning lesson. Even to this day, it's still challenging to get all the information. But like I said, I wouldn't change it for the world because I it, the the process of learning as painful as it was sometimes, it was amazing because when you did something right, it really felt good because you're like, oh, wow, I figured that out on my own. So it's a journey. You know, you live and learn basically. Yeah. But I feel like if I were not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but like I figured if I overthought it and, and was like, oh, I don't know this yet. I don't know that yet. I don't know if I would have gotten started. It was easier for me just to start and figure it out as I go instead of like, okay, I need to know all this stuff before I start. So that's just kind of how I worked, really. Yeah, I think that's right. And and you are a trailblazer in how you work. And I think that comes across uh, quite quite well. So yeah, I can see that for you. And again, my a good friend of mine, Alex Alioso from Wimsdale, always says this it's about following breadcrumbs, right? And picking yeah. up those, picking up those clues as as you go but clearly something that you can pass on to your community is the mistakes that you've made to stop them having to make them and i think that one about being data-led is really important because clearly there are ways to investigate like what the potential is of this property um, yep. just having a look maybe further whether there's any regulation in the city or whether there's going to be any regulation coming in that might limit your activity that I, I i think is a really smart thing to do now i know that you now work quite closely with your local association don't you so that must be something that you are very aware of now yeah man it's crazy because i would never in a million years buy a place or sign a lease without knowing all the regulations possible now like that would be like that's like the top of my list and yeah. before i had no clue what that even was or even meant i just thought you could buy a house and do whatever you want <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah i'm i'm actually super super passionate about the regulations and, and policy and it's really exciting to me to watch more and more people talk about it now it's as the you know, vacation rental business grows so much. It's a big conversation. And I've been so lucky to be working with, you know, the everyone over at Rent Responsibly, which helped us start our own organization in Arizona. So yeah. a few of us are the founding members and we got 2,500 members now and it's growing. Amazing. Oh, it's amazing, man. And I've learned so much and never in a million years that I ever think I'd be talking about policy or regulations or talking to government officials and trying to be a voice at the table. And the challenge is amazing. It's been super fun and trying to understand it, but we've made a lot of change here. We made a lot of positive impact and we're, and we're cleaning up the industry over here a lot, I feel like. And, And that to me is like insanely rewarding. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, I'm involved in the UK uh, version as well. So, um, which is the Short Term Accommodation Association. It's so crucial that policymakers understand that our industry is not just Airbnb. Airbnb is a platform that works within our our industry. And actually, the backbone of the industry is lots of small and medium-sized businesses operating, employing people locally, and driving tourists to local areas to see new parts of the country. Um, And again, if if this way of traveling becomes as mainstream as as we all believe it is going to, then it's going to open up all these neighborhoods that previously previously weren't known to people. So it's got to be a good thing. I love that you brought that up, actually, because I don't knock the government officials that don't know. Like, it's just, it's such a new, fast industry. And a lot of times I sit down with these government and they just have no clue. They just think a party house or something crazy, you know, they don't understand all the extra steps and the families and the business and the tourism. 
I mean, a couple of the government, even some of the uh, people that were running for mayor and stuff out here, they didn't even know how much money we brought in. And then we we did a whole report and we showed them and they were like, wait, this is huge for Arizona. I'm like, yeah. So yeah, you just got to keep educating people, yeah. really. I, I, I like that. You know. <laughs> educate, yeah. Educate policymakers, for sure. That That's yeah. got to be it. Like, be inclusive, come and come and talk at the table and then it makes things easy, doesn't it? We're, totally. we're, we're, totally. we're getting into this, um, uh, we're getting into hospitality because, you know, it is about hosting people. That's what our industry is, is built on. It predates the internet, you know, this idea of hosting somebody in your home, in your local area. I mean, look, it even appears in, you know, in, in the Old Testament, the Bible, right? You know, this this idea of of, of, of people hosting, hosting one of those. So it's, it's, an, it's an idea as, as old as time, but clearly in this new tech-enabled world, you need strategies for making sure that you're fixated on creating a good guest experience. What's, what are yours? What are some of yours? Yeah, that's, a, that's an awesome question, man, because sometimes I think that's overlooked or overthought. Like you get so wor- wrapped up in everything else and then you forget the main part of the puzzle is your guest. Mm-hmm. I think, and I teach so many students that are brand new in this in the space that are learning how to get out. I think one thing that people don't think about enough is let is just be really honest with people. Let people know that you're a human on the other side. Treat them like a human on the other side. Don't be afraid to tell people like, hey, I'm a brand new host. I've never done this before. You're going to be my first guest. Uh, people appreciate that. They really do. Yeah. And they understand that things are going to come up. As long as you're very honest with people, you got great communication, uh, then you start building this like relationship with the guest and the host. They're like, oh, they're just, you know, they're a normal person also. I'm a person. And if things come up, you just kind of like address it as quickly as possible. So I think communication is like the most important. And then when you're building out your listing and whatnot, be honest in your listing. Don't try to oversell it to try to get the bookings. And then maybe it's a little misleading. Or if you have airplanes flying over your house, don't be afraid to put that in your listing because that could really drive somebody nuts. But if people read it, they're like, ah, I don't care about the airplanes, whatever. And then they book it and it's, and it's not a problem. So I think community, it all comes down to communication. A lot of uh, airplane enthusiasts out there as well, John. So <laughs> telling point. Yeah, I might book more. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's all really good advice. And I like this point on communication as well. And everything, communication runs through everything you've said, I think. And that doesn't surprise me because being a communicator is, is, one of your, is one of your strengths. I, I've noticed from, from getting to know you. So tell me, that's that's kind of the, the, the hospitality aspect. What about safety? How, what would you be recommending to vacation rental managers and hosts about how to keep their listings safe. I love this one also because this one is growing so fast. I think the safety concern of the neighbors and everything is that's like at the top of the list right now. And I think there's more and more tools and softwares that are really easy for people with very low budget or big budget to, to make it way safer. So in general, I feel like the very basic steps, right? We'll start with the most basic that every single person could do here is everybody should have at least a front door camera. Um, it, mm-hmm. I think it gives safety to the guests, gives safety to the host and your investment. Also lets the neighbors know that you, you're you at least keeping an eye on the place, right? Then there's all kinds of smart technology that's really, really easy to put in place now, you know, like water detect, water detect systems that if there's a water leak, it will just shut off the water in your house right away. You know, smart um, smoke detectors and alarms that should be mandatory in the places that will, will page me right away. Uh, 
company called Noise Aware that I put in all of my properties. It just helps with the noise decimals. It makes my neighbors feel so much more at ease knowing I'm keeping track of the noise. All these little smart things, like making sure you're having first aid kits and just kind of think it as a, as a little boutique hotel. That's going to help everything. And then when you're even building out your listing, make sure you say that kind of stuff in your listing, like no parties whatsoever, no extra guests. We have sound monitors. And of course, once you get those steps that everybody can do, now there's an amazing company called <laughs> Super Hog <laughs> that I started that I started working with too. Shameless plug for everybody here. <laughs> there's more and more of these tools that are helping hosts like myself that are still new and learning every day to help get security on my investment, security on my guests, and security to the neighbors. So when I tell city council members I'm using a program called Superhog, and then I explain it to them, their minds are blown. They have no idea this could be possible. And I think you're really protecting yourself by taking all of those steps. And I think it's just like invaluable um, to do. I think it's such an overlooked uh, issue. And it's really easy to fix a lot of those issues. I think that, I mean, you've answered that fantastically well. There's so much for our audience to dig into there. I love your point about making your guests aware in the listing that you have this smart technology in place, you know, because it really is, it, it, it's an ad, it's an ad, isn't it? And then, you know, if you're managing properties on behalf of owners, this is also something that you should be saying, right, look, we're going to put these noiseware boxes in there. Yes, we're going to work with Superhog. Yes, we're going to use smart water technology. We're going to put a camera on the front door. I, I, I think it is all really important. It, kind of goes back to what we were saying right about communicating because you, <laughs> you're doing all this you want your guests to know about it so that so that they see how professional you are because demonstrating professionalism is i i think one of the overlooked but less discussed um ways of converting more more bookings so true so true yeah and look not everybody is going to like a lot of those steps I get pushback all the time with cameras or, you know, a, a security system or something yeah. like that. But the way I look at that is not to like prejudge the guests, but if they're having so many pre-issues about those steps, they're probably up to no good. It's nine, most of the time. So if you get pushback, you know, listen to your, to your safety measures that you put in place and maybe it's just not the right guest for you. So, yeah, I think all those steps are just, so crucial and being a good host and a good neighbor really let's bring it back to real estate investment for a, for a second your your um your childhood your birthright john um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um what would you say to to someone what what are your sort of bits of advice to make sure that they can step out of this business being a hobby and a side hustle to it being their main revenue driver because that is where lots of people are at they want to they want to make that move over from hobby to sort of full time well i have to say a lesson from my dad, for sure. He's always been like a, a really strong role model for me and a, a leader in our space. He would always say, it doesn't really matter about the money. You need to find something you truly love and will work really, really hard for it, right? And the money and everything else will come together. But if you really, really love what you're doing, everything else will come together. You'll figure it out. And I think that's the same thing with real estate. I think so many people try to get into it for the passive income or the financial freedom and all that stuff. Of course, that's everyone's goal, right? They want that life. But if you're going into it just to make a quick buck, 
you're going to probably going to get burnt out. It's not going to be the right fit for you. You're, you're probably going to learn a lot of mistakes and, and whatnot. But if you're going into real estate, like, man, I love real estate. I love the architecture. I love the design. I love trying to find the house. I love to try to clean it up. You're, you're going to figure it out. You're going to make it work. You're going to have a huge passion for it. And, and then you can turn, you know, that desire into a, a full-time job and, and live off it. So I think that's just like, I'm not sure if that hundred percent answers your question, but I think you really just got to make sure you love it before yeah. you can be even close to being successful at it. Uh, no, it does. I, I actually, it wasn't the way I thought you were going to answer it, but I really appreciate <laughs> the answer. I do. I really appreciate the answer. I often say to people on our team when we're, when we're talking, I'm, I, one of the questions I always ask someone is, are you enjoying it? Um, which yeah. is, you know, a bit of an unusual question sometimes to ask someone, but I always make a point of asking it because you're right. If you enjoy what you do, you're going to do it well. You're going to find those new opportunities. And I definitely see that in your videos. As you know, I, I, as well as us being friends, I also watch your content. Um, and I noticed that um, when it comes to the furnishing and the staging of, of real estate for, for the holiday rental market, you really enjoy that as well, don't you? Oh, man. Um, you probably hear me talk about that stuff all the time about design. And it's getting more and more important. And I truly love I mean, I'm my background is artists. I'm a photographer. I love being creative in art. And it's so fun to me that you can still be so creative in this vacation rental space, right? Design is so creative. I love, I love, love, love getting nice furniture. I love working with different designers, trying to make my place feel like a home that people can come and really enjoy. It's it's such a uh, challenge. And I think people Every all hosts have to step it up. They're all the time, I'm always looking at my places like, okay, maybe I need to change it a little bit to step it up. Um, yeah, the days of like old grandma's furniture and stuff like that are long gone. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, and there's so you many want, unless you want old grandma chic, you know, which is which is yeah, which yeah, is that's true. That's true. Pro, 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 probably not your main audience, is it? On the vacation yeah. rental industry, totally. And there's so many, there's so many easy ways on design and and resources now that just make it a fun. Like there's all these kind of, you know, softwares and programs and all, and great designers and stuff that just make it fun. So there's no uh, reason to be scared of design. If that's not your, your forte, right. You can find somebody that can help you, but yeah, it's, I think it's like beyond crucial in this space now to have good style. Um, John, that's brilliant. And I really appreciate you um, uh, generally um, uh, taking the time to talk with us today. It's always a, always a pleasure to talk to you. I, I have, I have, I, I think a bit of a killer question to, to, to finish on for you, <laughs> uh, which is OTAs, oh, embrace yeah. or avoid? Well, I, I, okay. I knew I'd stump him, guys. I knew, yeah, I, yeah. I knew I'd stump him with that one. It's because honestly, without the OTAs, none of this would be here. None yeah. of this would be here for me. I'll be the first one to admit it. Airbnb, it has been the my go-to platform for the for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. And without them, without their support, I would never have the confidence to try to figure this all out on my own. There was just tons of resources, they were marketing, give me guests, the insurance, all the stuff that everybody knows. So I'm a huge fan of it still very, very much support. I'm all, you know, obviously I'm an Airbnb ambassador. I work extremely close with VRBO with all the policy stuff and my listing. So it's needed. I think it's a, a, uh, one of those things, like if you're have one home or something, you just rely on the OTAs and it's fine. It works out. But as you grow, <laughs> there's always a, but 
But as you grow, I, the more you realize you can't 100% rely just on the platforms. And it goes back to being like self-employed. On the OTAs, you have to go by their rules, by their platform. It's kind of like you have a boss. You have a, you know, you got to, you got to play the game or you're going to not get any bookings or get kicked off or whatever it may be. So it's a double-edged sword for sure. But I think like if you're really trying to take this serious, you got to treat it as a business and know that's one part of your business. You got to obviously start building out your direct booking website, which I'm actually learning a lot right now. I'm working with Mark over at Boostly and he's really been helping me educate on direct bookings and calm me with my fears. I think a lot of hosts are really scared to take that leap. Um, but so, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. It, it's gotten me to where I am and I absolutely love everything about it, but you definitely need to build the other part of your business. It's just a part of the business. So that's my honest answer, really. <laughs> it's, it, more than it being an honest answer, I think it's a fantastic answer. And I think I think for what it's worth, I totally agree. So um, thank, you for, thank you for answering it. Um, John? As always, thank you for your time. Um, we really appreciate it. Dude, man, that was so much fun. Super easy. Just a, a great conversation. So I, I appreciate it.